for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Telling it as it is. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, happy Saturday. It's 24th of February already. If you're joining me, the second half of my show, the Kate Shimarani for TNT Radio Live. I am natural nurse in a toxic world. And we've been talking to Mark Steele about, oh, I guess we've got a little bit of feedback there. We've been talking to Mark Steele about 5G. And you can you can email me your medical crimes in tyrannical times, Kate Shimarani at tntradio.live. It's very interesting everything that we are being hit with and everything that people once believed, like the government love you and they're your mummy and daddy. No, they don't. They're trying to kill you. It's all an inversion. But all of you who are following me, I've talked often about it. I trained as a nurse in 1984, such a long time ago. I was also trained and qualified as an independent nurse prescriber. It took for me to get breast cancer in 2012 and to walk away from chemotherapy, radiotherapy, tamoxifenzolidex, I wasn't doing any of it. And I was told I would die. It was very aggressive. And Catherine Alexander, who you he- heard last week, guided me through the Gerson therapy. But during that time, it was a great awakening. And I came across so many things. One of the things I happened to come across was geopathic stress. Now, lots of you might not have heard of that, geopathic stress. Was I sleeping in a safe place? So out I went, got myself the equipment to make dowsing rods. And I began to do this and I was kind of blown away. And then I saw a farmer doing it uh, down in Devon. And then he explained to me about geopathic stress, how it causes his cattle to abort um, for for, um, them to be sterile. And I had my entire house doused after I'd done it myself and this map of where the stress lines were. And it was mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. And where those geopathic stress lines crossed what actually would happen. And this was nothing new. This was known about in the times of Druids. So of course I turned into the proverbial uh, tin hat brigade. I planted small copper rods all around my house and I put two huge geopathic stress absorbers in specific positions where I was told to do it in my house. And I lay them down every three months for four hours and put them back up. And I used to get swarms of flies coming in my bedroom, even in winter, when I opened one particular uh, window, that stopped, completely stopped. And that's because the lines used to cross. I'm gonna bring somebody on to talk about geopathic stress, hopefully very soon in the future, but, You know, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know about EMFs. You've heard me talking about all of it. So none of us know the assault that we're under. Well, guess what I came across as well? Crop circles. And I I remember there was a couple of blokes that were supposed to have gone out with a plank of wood and made these crop circles. It was impossible. It was impossible for them to do it in that time frame. So I began to look at that, crop circles, and it was very, very interesting. These were articulate, intelligent, science-driven people who were looking at this. And, well, I've talked about it extensively. Then, when everything was 
you know, boobs up, as we call it. And I was going through some real horrors. A lady introduced me to scripture. And there it was. Everything I ever needed to know was there. And um, I always laugh. I didn't go down the rabbit hole. Listen, I went I went down the warren. I've been down them back up, back down them and everywhere else. And I wouldn't change a minute of it. And I meet the most incredible people. So it is Saturday. You are health and truth seekers. You are in the natural nurse army. You are going to go out and earth yourself shortly. You are going to get in the midday sun when your shadow is short and get some skin coverage soaked in light because light is life. You're not going to listen to Big Pharma because it's petroleum based. It's going to kill you. We know that the, the NHS is the National Homicide Service. This fantastic body is going to repair if you give it what it needs. We don't do soggy erections on this show. We don't do dry vaginas. We bought you all the people who've told you how to correct all of this. You should be living a long and fruitful life. And along the way, you can have a look at everything else that's going on. So my next guest for the second part of my show is a wonderful lady called Lucy Pringle. And Lucy is an authority on the subject and the pioneer researcher into the effects of electromagnetic fields on the living systems. That's what we're talking about here. And this includes the physiological and psychological effects reported by people after visiting or being in the vicinity of crop formation. Also, animal behavior, remote effects, uh, luminosity uh, cities, mechanical failures and audio effects. This is very real, people. And it's fascinating. I know that some of you now are going, oh, she's bought us flat earth. She's bought us you. Let's come. Yeah, I'm going to bring you so much more. That's why you love listening to me. So shut up and continue. And she's talking all about this. She works with scientists from all over the world. And in November 2014, she was one of the speakers at the Institute of Science and Astrophysics in Sofia, Bulgaria, which was not only a success, but in the follow up, made good progress with the scientists from Ireland and Norway being part of the action group. Set up and a center of the Institute based on the principles of contemporary science. My point is here, folks, you keep hearing it, science backed. They've had you believe bastardized science that you can all catch a virus but have no symptoms and, and you all need to wear a mask and, and that virus will not limbo under plexiglass or go through the holes of your mask. They've got you believing you need poison injecting into you, into your beautiful babies. Um, to make them healthy, bastardized science. But we are talking about something here that science backs. This is very real. Lucy, welcome to the Kate Shamarani Show. It's a great honor to have you on. Well, it's a great, it's a great honor. honor to be with you. So, so Lucy, crop circles. People yes. are now listening to this and thinking, what? What? Tell us about these. I, I know they're very real, but tell us they're. Can I just say, I, I forgot to say this in my, my ranting intro. There are six tones in the universe, the solfeggio tones, and then we have three more. Ancient churches, people, you've heard me say it. 
the the roofs of ancient churches and monasteries were built in a particular way for the acoustics and people would take their loved ones in and they would pray when two or more gather in his name I shall be there in the midst and it was this prayer and these acoustics that has the most amazing healing properties and when I saw these last three that mapped onto a graph of what this sound makes, it's very similar when I start to see crop circles. These fantastic formations are, are, and water, we've seen uh, Japanese scientist, Dr. Emoto, the way water will freeze when we place certain sounds to it. Is, Is this connected? Is this anything to do with crop circles? Well, I think crop circles actually take in just about all the sciences you can possibly think of, because we, they, well, they're artistic and beautiful to start with, but then you take in the physics, you take in the um, art, you, you take in the mathematics, you take in the geometry, you name it, any of the uh, disciplines or scientific techniques that are actually <clears throat> are involved in 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 the crop circles. It's it's a school of learning, really. And ever since I started um, many years ago, I found that little by little I was getting more and more um, challenged, if you like, by what was going on. And whereas I'm not a scientist, even though my <clears throat> my father's side, they were brilliant scientists, so maybe a bit of the, the science has sort of leaked down to me, um, and I'm fascinated by it. Um, as you say, I work with scientists all over the world. I'm really a sort of uh, thinking outside the box person and have ideas and I'll put my ideas to scientists and they'll translate them into into sort of scientific language. And um, we've used this um, really right throughout. Uh, It was, as I say, a challenge because I wanted to know initially how people were being affected. And this was due to, um, in 1990, this was a long time ago, um, I'd been playing a game of tennis and I'd been up at the net and a, and one of the, it was a mixed double, one of the men on the other side hit a ball really hard at me and it jarred my shoulder to such an extent that I couldn't even lift up my toothbrush to clean my teeth that evening. And I was due to have a flight, my very first flight, I can tell you, so exciting over the circles the next day. And so luckily I was driving a gear change car, so I was fine and I could manage to drive uh, into the up to the field, the um, aerodrome. And we took off and we flew over one of the original circles that created a huge, huge degree of interest. And people from all over the world came to see it. It was called a pictogram. It was absolutely enormous and it contained all different symbols. 
And it that was really the start of, as I say, the universal interest. And uh, we flew over this amazing thing. And I can't tell you, I completely forgot all my troubles and my woes and everything. And then there was another one which was similar. And I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Seeing them from the air is totally different from actually walking inside them and treading on, down the fallen crop. Anyhow, uh, on the way back, I realized my shoulder was giving me a lot of trouble. And we came across a circle uh, which was belonged to a friend of mine, their land belonged to a friend of mine. So I knew that I could go in. And, and this brings up another point. You must always try and uh, find the farmer to ask his permission to go into the circle because it's their land and their livelihood. So we went in and I doused and I had my pendulum with me and I asked my pendulum to indicate the greatest area of energy and I found it and I sat there and suddenly I felt a whole lot of energy just rippling through my shoulders and I thought I don't know what's happening and so I lifted my damaged uh, arm and I could get it straight above my head so I thought, what on earth is happening? And um, then a friend of mine, my sister was there also, but this friend had something called systemic sloderma, which is a very nasty condition, and you can't lie flat. And she came up to me, and um, I said, this is a really good spot. Um, and so she sat down, and I said, oh, she said, this is marvellous. And I said, well, I've got to do some measuring and and uh, uh, dowsing and everything. And But I said, this, this is, I didn't tell her what had happened to me at all. And when I came back, say, five or ten minutes later, because it was quite a big circle, um, there she was lying flat on her back. So I said, Maggie, what on earth are you doing? Uh, you haven't laid flat on your back for years. And she said, yes, I can't believe it. And there she was. She said, I could stay here forever. So with those two extraordinary and totally unexpected events, I realized something was happening in the field to human beings that was completely unresearched. So I got out um, a questionnaire, and I now have over 800 reports, if you can believe it, on things that have happened to people, how they felt emotionally. Uh, some of them have been uh, quite negative. Um, but I get more negative ones, I suppose, than positive ones, because unless something absolutely amazing has happened to you, people go in expecting to feel well. And so, mm. therefore, there is nothing special. It's only when something really amazing happens that I get um, the beneficial ones. 
And Lucy, and... really, on that front, um, one one has to be receptive to this because this this uh, our belief system. Um, one has to be receptive. If one goes into something saying this is rubbish, it's not going to work. It's not going to work, and that even goes for medicine. Uh, placebo effect. You you, you yes. can look at a placebo effect. You could give a hundred people a smarty and tell them that they're going to have lots of energy, and you could give a hundred people a drug and tell them they're going to have lots of energy, and you will get a lot of people taking the smarty who say they felt energized because why, when we think something, our body will only do, and, and that's in scripture, as we think, as we speak, so shall it be. Listen, folks, don't go away because we are talking to the incredible Lucy Pringle and we're talking about crop circles and it wasn't two blokes in a field with a couple of planks of wood and some string. It's impossible. And we're going to hear more about what happens to animals in them and and the energy that's in them and and you know really what they are which is quite remarkable so remember we need you to get on at that website buy a tnt sweatshirt buy something that's tnt if i see you out there in a tnt t-shirt hat whatever you've got i'm going to give you a personal massive big hug See you right back after our sponsors. TNT's Alex Zaharoff-Royd. Now, we'll no doubt see many more such efforts arriving from all the major AI players, and it won't be long before some kid or anyone in their basement or bedroom is creating the next big TV or movie hit, disrupting TV and movie studios forever. Yes, direction and production will be issues, and there will be many amateurish attempts, but people won't just be making hit music at home anymore, but hit entertainment all simply by asking AI models the right questions and then editing it all together. Talking Tech with Alex Zaharoff-Royd on today's News Talk TNT. In a democracy, the majority vote rules. But in most democracies, you can only vote for change every three or four years. To understand what people want, governments and political parties use focus groups. These focus groups can include as little as 20 people. Australia is a country of over 25 million people. Does making decisions based on 20 people sound fair to you? Have your say. Be heard in between elections. Download the 4MySay app now. That is number four, my say. We don't rock, rock. we talk. talk. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I'm Kate Shimarani, natural nurse in a toxic world, and you're listening to me on TNT Radio Live. Folks, you can email me in kateshimarani at tntradio.live. You're quite happy to believe um, that, you know, the World Economic Forum and what they're going to do, George Soros, what he's planning to do, Tedros the terrorist, what they're planning to do. Um, what's his name? Um, you know, with his Starlink, we're all on X. Um, all of this stuff, you're happy to believe. You're happy to believe in bastardized science that you need to take mustard gas injected into your veins if you've got what they call cancer. I mean, they give it one word like COVID-19. But how about something so fantastic? Geopathic stress. I absolutely know what that is. And, and I went right in there and I have seen the effects of mitigating it. What about crop circles? What about that? Are you prepared to really, do you want the truth? Can you handle the truth? Why are you fighting against all of this? Because the world is the most 
fantastic place. It's incredible. And they want you to believe everything dark, dark and demonic, and that you are not capable of doing anything. We are created in the Lord's image. We are fantastic beings. And these things, crop circles, are fantastic. My guest today is Lucy Pringle, who's a leading world authority on this. And Lucy was just telling us before the break, for those of you who've just switched on, about injuries that have have been healed when they've gone into these crop circles. Lucy, what do you see with with animals when they're around these fantastic well, u- uniform anomalies? Yes, many strange effects. Uh, there was one very bizarre one, which I'll tell you, but there was a report about um, uh, geese in uh, Canada, and they were uh, there was a whole skein of them flying along, maybe to their winter quarters, I don't know where it was exactly, but when they came up to a crop circle, they were flying towards a crop circle, they parted, the skein parted, they flew either side of it. They wouldn't wouldn't fly over the center. And this is where we're getting these subtle energies rising up from the circles. And how high up they go, we have no idea. Uh, But certainly the the birds uh, could feel it with whatever height they were. Um, And we've had many, many other strange reports. Um, There was one rather... Um, well, uh, report that was was of great interest. Um, a friend of mine called me about nine o'clock one evening in the summer, and he said, I've just been into a crop circle, and he said, I've seen the most extraordinary uh, remains of what seems to be an animal. Um, and there's all sorts of strange markings and everything come along and and see it. So I said, well, listen, I'll join you tomorrow morning. And when we got there, we could see there was uh, blood and, well, there weren't really, it it was mainly blood. And it was going right from the top level all the way down to the ground level. And it looked as though something had, well, obviously been killed. Um, it was a ring circle. On the outside ring, you could see that a pigeon had been uh, killed probably by a fox, and it was quite distinguishable as being a pigeon. So we took samples of this particular uh, substance, sent them off to a biophysicist in, in Cornwall, and he came back saying, it looks as though something has exploded. Something has exploded, but he said, I think it was dead when it exploded. So, what was it? And I just, this is where you you, you have so many uh, ideas racing through your mind all the time and you want to get to the bottom of it. I visited that field on several occasions, and one time when I was walking it from a different approach, I was walking down the tram line, which are the lines in the field, which the tractors use for spraying and sowing and all the rest. And I came across a dead pigeon. 
and suddenly I realized what had happened. People had been out uh, shooting pigeons, and clearly the one uh, in the field which had exploded was a pigeon, and it just ha and it hadn't been collected. It was still there, and it just happened to be in a place where the crop circle appeared. And that just gives you an idea of the power of the force that the dead, dead pigeon actually exploded. So, so Lucy, um, doing, doing some research into them along the way, um, there was the very famous footage of uh, the gentleman with what he said was orbs flying around. What? Yes. What? is making these these circles folks it's not two blokes with a plank of wood and rope it is impossible the symmetry the size and these go back to i believe the 1600s am i correct oh yes there, it does that was, there is that was... documentation of these circles in the 1600s so what you've been told all about that we've evolved from apes you know darwin's theory of evolution actually it's a theory the clues in the title theory um all of these things have all been taught so that they lead you in one direction with blinkers on so that you don't see everything else and that you don't look for it but these crop circles go back a long time don't they a long time well, they do they do in fact john aubrey and he was um antiquarian historian he and william stukeley they lived well john aubrey lived from 1627 to 1697 and he and, and william stukeley they recorded stonehenge Avebury, West Kennet, Long Barrow, many of the sacred sites as they were in those days, which gives us prolific information, which otherwise we would know nothing about. So they are absolutely invaluable. And it was John Aubrey who was very perplexed by the little the green circles that were appearing on Salisbury Plain. Now he wrote saying. I presume they're generated from the breathing out of a fertile subterraneous vapour. And this, in fact, is so extraordinary because he'd solved part of the problem. And I do a lot of work with uh, a polymath called Jim Lanz, and he uh, is part of my book, the latest book. Um, and this, I also, this links in with a story of somebody actually seeing a formation appear. And this was in daylight. Uh, many of them appear at night, but this was actually a personal, she saw, she was driving down towards Stonehenge. And as she came to the roundabout uh, before Stonehenge, uh, what caught her eye was a cloud, a solitary cloud, which was hovering above the, uh, the field opposite Stonehenge. And as she drove closer, 
she saw on the opposite side of the road from Stonehenge were uh, masses of cars pulled into the into the verge of the road and she thought I wonder what they're looking at so a car came out and she nipped in quickly rushed to the fence and then she could see in front of her eyes the crop falling down and she couldn't see the shape of the circle because she was on the same level but she she was Irish and she said it's just like the leprechauns she said and it's the ground the crop was literally falling down in front of her and wow. so I I interviewed her I mean she couldn't believe it and I interviewed her and she knew exactly the the date the year it was in 1996 she knew that it was on a Sunday because she was traveling down to the west country to see her son who was on leave from the army and she said there was masses of traffic coming back from the west country at the end of their uh, holiday or weekend off and she had almost a clear run so she was absolutely clued up about the whole thing so i asked her how long approximately because she drove off after i don't know how long she but she said she couldn't believe it what she was seeing and um i said how long do you think this was taking and she said she, <laughs> she was very factual she said lucy uh when you're seeing something like this happening you're not looking at your watch <laughs> i said quite uh, but then I tried to push her a bit more because it, I just wanted to know. And she said, Lucy, I was there and I know what I saw. You weren't there and you don't know what I saw. I mean, there was no doubt about it. And in fact, um, a pilot had been flying over that field um, at about quarter to six with um, a medical doctor who wanted to take pictures of Stonehenge. Well, you can't actually fly over Stonehenge because it's a military area prohibited. But they flew over that field and there was nothing in the field. They went to Thruxton, which was just a few miles down the road. And then the um, medical doctor, he drove back and he couldn't understand why there were so many cars pulled up against the road. He didn't know anything, but he just couldn't understand uh, why there were so many. But the doctor, uh, the pilot, flew back and he couldn't believe his eyes. He'd just flown over that field and there'd been nothing in it. The size of that formation was such there was no possible way he could have missed it and so I got in touch with Jim Lyons my the, this polymath and I may yes where we are he said it's generally accepted as a result of work conducted in the 90s it's possible to calculate the time a formation takes to appear based on the size and the number of circles the velocity of the resulting vortex filament of some 10 foot per second. Now, that's quite interesting because that gives us a basis of knowing approximately how long a formation takes to appear. 
And the other strange thing was that the cloud seems to seem to be reacting in unison with what was happening in the field. And the cloud was enlarging as the, uh, the, the crop was going down in the field. And so he went on to talk about this. Um, the mist, he said, would appear to be as a result of cool water vapor rising from the aquifer. Now, if you remember what uh, John Aubrey said, it's exactly the same thing. And um, uh, rising from the aquifer, the, under, the spring underground beneath and behaves in a manner similar to what happens in the lab when electrical discharges are created through water and different patterns emerge on the surface. So, Lucy, may uh, I ask you then, may I ask you? Yes. Um, we, we, we know on this show that there are four stages to water. There is, you know, your ice, which is a solid. You've got your liquid and you've got your gas, which is your steam. But we know that you've got exclusion zone water. So when light hits um, that water, part of it will go towards a hydrophilic border, a water loving border. And the other portion of the water won't. And this is what's inside your powerhouses and your cells, your mitochondria. And that water that separates towards the hydrophilic border becomes H3O2. It's negatively charged. And the other water is H2O positively charged. So if you put an electron between the two, sorry, if you put a, um, a cable between the two and a light bulb, it would light the light bulb. It's potential energy. That is how our muscles relax and contract. This is what Tesla was working on. It's it's quite fantastic. And so this is all light on water and what actually, which is H2O, we're mostly water. We're mostly hydrogen. Yes, oh, we are. We are. And so this is yes. all connected. This seems to be all quite remarkably connected. Do you think it's... Oh, it is. But we have to say, because Jim was going on about the scientific aspect about this, and I said, yes, Jim, this is fine. Science, I'm I'm all for science. Uh, it has an absolutely intrinsically essential quality to it. But I said, there has to be more to this than meets the eye. And Jim wrote back saying... However, the more complex patterns have additional information contained in the sphere, and who or what presses the button to make these is not within our present knowledge or understanding, i.e. technology has not been able to find the answer. Wow, um, so all, all of the scientists out there who tell us that Everything is so fantastic and what they can do, they cannot, cannot explain this. Not with phenomenon. our present knowledge or, 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 or technology. Wow. So this, this, is, this is quite mind-blowing in a way because you may struggle. And when you get a, somebody actually um, seeing one form, um, and you say to yourself, this is another aspect of it. Um, I've been giving a, a lecture at, at uh, Alton College, which is very close to me. 
And I didn't get to hear about this. It all happened because this person who um, she attended, uh, she was saying to the taxi driver, I've just been to an extraordinary, um, amazing uh, lecture on crop circles. And this is when the um, person who saw it form said, I saw one appear. And this all got back to me. And I got the story. But then I said to myself, um, this happened about 11 years or 12 years before I'd given the lecture. Why had this never been spoken about? Why had this been? This was an, uh, uh, an incident that nobody knew about. And then I said to myself, well, when you're in a group and you're all seeing something extraordinary, happen, that's fine, because you're all seeing it at the same time. However, you then leave, you go your separate ways, and you're not going to go into a pub and say, I've just seen a crop circle appear. Absolutely. Listen, folks, we're just going to have a word from our sponsors. So don't be going into any pubs just yet. Uh, join us in two minutes and don't forget to get over the website, all over it. And if you've seen any crop circles, please do email me, Kate Shamarani at tntradio.live. Fascinating. Talking to Lucy Pringle. Join you in two ticks. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. There's an old Southern proverb here in the United States that the ones doing the accusing usually the ones doing the doing. The bard put it a little more eloquently, methinks thou doth protest too much. But pretty much any time you see people smearing Donald Trump, for example, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar that they're the ones that are guilty from everything of which they accuse him. Starting war, being a dictator on day one, all of the lies heaped upon Donald Trump, all the fear-mongering, all the panic they're trying to engender, we're, we have to save democracy. How exactly? By destroying democracy? By being totalitarian? By breaching civil rights? No. I'm sticking with Granny on the front porch. Those doing the accusing are usually those doing the doing. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. When I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee, and thought I'll top up with fuel, ordered a coffee. But while I was pumping fuel, I started to get chest pains. Then it got worse and worse and worse. So then I was leaning on the counter thinking, yeah, something's not quite right. So then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really, really hit. And Joy just, you know, mouthed, do you need an ambulance? And I remember nodding. I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack. I just thought, something is seriously wrong with me here. So when the cardiologist came to see me, she informed me that I'd had what they call a widow-maker heart attack. Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. 
a natural nurse in a toxic world. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I am Kate Shimarani, natural nurse in a toxic world for TNT Radio Live. And I like to bring you the truth. And you can handle the truth because you're in the natural nurse army. You know you are living in a fantastic vehicle in fantastic times. Now, I go, as I've said to you, down every single rabbit hole that there is and back up. I don't wear a tin hat. I wear a Stetson. It's that big, a tinfoil Stetson. And I don't care what any of you say to me. I've seen, I've heard the most incredible things from most people. One of the things I came across as well was, um, I've talked about it on the show, a gentleman who took a lady who'd had a stroke and she had aspasia. She couldn't get the words out. This is where they'll they'll think that they're saying the word, but the word will come out as a different word altogether. And he injected her, and I can't find this video ever, it's probably been banned, intrathecally into her cerebral spinal fluid in his office. And they tilted this bed that she was on so that her head was slightly down. And I think it was about 20 minutes and they very gently got her to her feet and she began to speak very clearly more and more and more. And what she said was it was like a fog lifting from her eyes and she could see and she could think clearly. And I began to look at this and I began to research it more. And when we've talked about the pineal gland, we've talked about glyphosate when it's mixed with aluminium forms six new compounds in the gut we've talked about fluoride you've just had mark Steele on and what does 2.45 to 5.8 gigahertz do which is your wi-fi it opens your blood brain barrier so that these chemicals can go up and do what calcify the pineal gland now lots of ancient charts will show you that the pineal gland is your connection with your higher self, with our creator, whatever you want to call it. And I started to look at that memories are not inside the brain. They are outside of us, outside and above, in almost like an iCloud. And what happens is the channels to get these things into our, our heads, into us, become blocked, become calcified. Now, Lucy Pringle, my guest today, is talking about crop circles, which most people go, oh, it was two blokes with a couple of planks of wood and some rope. And it wasn't, because when you start to research and look into this, it is mind-blowing that it affects animals, that it affects people, this energy, the energy where birds will not fly over these crop circles, the Canadian geese. They're a flock. Actually, Lucy gave the correct word because she's far more eloquent than I am. Um, will part to fly around these crop circles. Why? Because it's energy. And that is what we are. Before we are chemical, we are electrical. We are electrical, then we're chemical, then we're physical. And if you think I'm talking out my behind, quantum physics, you just have to look at the fact that we are mostly water. And when light hits that water, the red end of the spectrum goes into the nucleus and the violet end goes into the electrons and energizes us, lifts us up out of the matrix. That is what we are. 
And you can't put it any other way, that we are mostly water. Also, this thing about zero carbon, that means we're all dead folks. But Lucy, during the break, was telling me about her work with patients with Parkinson's. Now, I recently saw, I was in America, the wonderful Dr. Lee Merritt, and there were lots of autopsy scans of patients with Parkinson's, and the brains were full of parasites, absolutely full of parasites. Um, and all of these, all of things like parasites, what we call bacteria, fungus, mold, all have their own frequencies. So I kind of start to think, wait a minute, this is all connected. So Lucy, what were you saying during the break about Parkinson's? Because I found that when I, I absolutely go point. along with you regarding the because we we live in an electrical electric world, and we are electric people. So this is something which people cannot get away from. So all the energies, the subtle energies we're looking at, which we don't fully understand, are all around us. But regarding the Parkinson's, this was this was very interesting. And it all happened in 1997. This was the genesis of it, really. Uh, a friend of mine had Parkinson's, and she was also fascinated in the circles. And she begged me to take her into one. Well, considering the fact that not everybody feels well in the circle, and she wasn't well anyhow, I said, no, I'm awfully sorry, I don't think I can. And she then really <laughs> went on at me to such a degree that I said, well, listen, uh, next year, if there's a really beneficial one, I will tell you. And one appeared called the Taurus Knot, which was at Alton Barnes in Wiltshire. And I drove down from Hampshire every single day uh, to go into this formation. I felt absolutely 100% well. And I stood at the edge of the field and I collected reports from people who'd been in there. And I couldn't, not one single one was negative. So I thought to myself, oh, this is the one possibly for Mary. So I suggested she went into this. And she went on with a friend and they sat in the centre. They said the centre for, they said, about 20 minutes. But another thing that happens in the circles is the loss of time. I remember taking my, one of my godchildren in and to one of them. And I thought we'd been in there about 20 minutes. And somebody who'd been outside said, oh, of course, you've been there a long time. Do you know you've been in there an hour and a half? So this is something, whether she was in for 20 minutes or considerably longer, I don't know. But the result was that she stopped shaking for 24 hours. Now, when you have Parkinson's, you're shaking so many times per second. And to stop shaking for even five minutes, an hour, it would be incredible, but not just to stop shaking for 24 hours was completely unheard of. So I thought to myself, now how on earth am I going to do further research on this? 
so I hunted around and it wasn't easy to find somebody considering that the press work there very, very hard is to rubbish the subject. Incidentally, there are man-made ones, I must tell you that. Yes, Definitely two blokes. Man-made. There are, but you but it's 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 the man-made ones, there's no comparison. There's no comparison. It's ridiculous because the ones that from the aerial view that just appear. It's incredible. It's breathtaking. Well, I take, I take, uh, I'm an aerial photographer and, and I lean out of the helicopter and I'm, uh, I'm secured, I can tell you. But in order to take a vertical, you have to lean out. And the vertical picture is the one that the mathematicians and geometers can uh, work on. And in fact, just to break off, um, there was one extraordinary one. Well, I don't think I can find it uh, in time. But to get back to the Parkinson's, um, I found somebody called Paul Gary, who um, he, he is a, a, a neurologist. And of course, Parkinson's is all to do with the brain. There are several types of Parkinson's. And we've done tests using programs, and they are filed on the computer. And what we found was, um, using different techniques, one was, um, again, I've got to digress, because I've been talking uh, to, to, to another group of people, and they were fascinated, and they said, why didn't I talk to... Uh, a certain neurologist in the Midlands. And I'm not a scientist, and it took me about two weeks to summon up enough courage. And I I rang him. I felt, oh, very brave one day. And before my courage wore off, I grabbed the telephone. And to my horror, I actually got him on the telephone. And so I launched into what was happening. And what seems to happen is if we go into the gamma level of brain activity, people stop shaking. So I was telling him about this and he stopped me and he said, you know, Lucy, this is very interesting because your your research is exactly following my line of research. He said, if I get my uh, Parkinson's patient's uh, level of brain activity into the gamma level, it inhibits their dyskinesia i.e. it stops their shaking. And this is what wow. we were finding, <laughs> that with the, the gamma level of brain activity was increased when they went into a circle. Did, did he, did he um, expand on that? Did he yeah. have any, any possible explanations of what he believed might cause that increase? In gamma activity. Uh, no, he, he didn't. And he then said, and I knew he was going to say it, but he did say, carry on, Lucy, you're on the right track. But, and this was tremendous for me. Um, he did say, I'm terribly sorry, I can't work with you. And I knew he was going to say that because his work would, would not be credible any longer. He would uh, possibly suffer, well, he certainly suffer ridicule from his peers. 
his job prospects might be affected because he'd be extricated what... from the medical community he would possibly yes. have his license revoked he exactly. would possibly possibly be found uh with two bullet holes to the head where he's committed suicide twice uh, and all these other terrible and this is due, this is due to the press <laughs> Now, you've got Jack Benveniste, who was the biophysicist in America, in France. He, who was that Jack, Jack Benveniste? Benveniste. And Benveniste. he found that memory had a water, uh, water had a memory. Now, he was yes. ridiculed by his peers, and the government even stopped his grant. And he did tests on my water that I'd buried inside and control samples outside. You, and you buried just... water inside the crop circle. Yes. And a I control a control sample outside. Yes. I, and I used, I worked with Dr. Cyril Smith, who's an electric engineer and wrote the electromagnetic man. And he wanted me to use volvic water because that is constant. It doesn't go above four hertz. And what I do, I bury the bottles of water outside the circle first and bury bottles of water inside the circle second. Then when I collect them, uh, maybe a few days later, um, if I can find them, and I've found over 99% <laughs> by dowsing, um, I collect the ones inside the circle first and then the control samples second, so the control samples never go into uh, near uh, inside the circle, and then they are all labelled, and they're sent up to various scientists all over the world. And Jacques Benveniste got the most extraordinary results uh, from um, uh, the ones I sent up to him. And uh, so also did, there was one extraordinary one where uh, we were testing for trace minerals and um, wait a second, here we are. Oh, hold on a minute. So Lucy Pringles, Lucy's telling us she's tested the water inside the crop circle they've had some water in there and they've had a control of water outside and jack ben vonice uh has proven that water has memory it does have memory yes. look at all your homeopathy and what it did you find what what did you find with your water well jack ben vonice he died but his theory was accredited to him after he died uh and it's now acknowledged that his work is absolutely completely uh, scientifically uh, correct in every way. Uh, this particular uh, test we did um, was... Lucy, uh, you're going to leave us at a cliffhanger because we're coming up to the news and oh, um, right. we're going to have to bring you back on. Lucy Pringle. <laughs> who is a leading authority on crop circles. Luce, please do go on to Lucy's website um, where you can find her. And it's lucypringle.com, lucypringle.com. She has books, she has everything. We will get her back on. You are mostly made of water. 
and all of this energy is affecting it. I told you, I will bring you the truth. So you've been listening to my show, Kate Shamarani on TNT Radio Live. What a cliffhanger. We know that water has memory. That is how homeopathy works. Join me next Saturday when I bring you...